Hit the lights. You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood. Hi, welcome to Trade Stacking. I am your host, Adam the Maniac Garner. In the studio, we have Mr. Mike Brooks, who's Hi. already freaking out. Ento <laughs> <laughs> freaking out right now. <laughs> and then uh, we also have Mr. Michael Barnes. Say uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> um, and then I com- already completely forgot your name. It's Chip. 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 All right. Well, Mike and Chip just did a great episode. Um, I think so. Yeah. Well, you should. You did it. We did. <clears throat> Big timers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for trade stacking, because we like to stack trades and we mm-hmm. like to get other trades and talk about working together as a team, not just a team within our company, but a team with all the other trades, because we're all working on the same project. We all have to complete it in a reasonable time and we all have to learn how to work together. So that's why we invited you back in. Welcome back. Sorry you have to stay here hey, longer, no, but no, you, you agree to it's it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no getting out of it, Trap. You're here. I brother. see the doors. <laughs> so I uh, found a component. Oh, that's all I got to say about that. Okay, that's where we see a lot of weird things in the studio. This came off of your stuff, bro. That's like you failed this trade. <laughs> it's like don't ever look in a mechanic's car. Or, yeah, no kidding. The worst. Or uh, an electrician's box. <laughs> All right, so uh, since we have the newest person, Mr. Mike Burns, I just want to get you to introduce yourself. Tell us, because you just journeyed out and became a journeyman. Correct. So you're recently going through the entire apprenticeship process from point A to point B, did everything. Now you got the license. You basically have your entire future in front of you. Tell us a little bit about that experience. I did some of my training up in Washington, so when I came down here, they gave me half my hour, well, like two th- 200, 2,000, whatever it is, hours and uh, a third of my classes. So mm-hmm. it was kind of different going through it because I'd uh, have different classmates uh, every semester because they'd be bouncing me around. And for those who are not aware, uh, Oregon and Washington is a licensed state. It's not licensed across the nation but Oregon and Washington since we're bordering each other there's a lot of reciprocity with a certain understanding that things aren't necessarily one for one but um, it's better than going because you've had previous because you you had your some of the apprenticeship hours in Washington they could apply it towards the program that's which is why I didn't see you in my classes because I I think I signed off on what you'd already done yes and I'm in the teaching the beginning classes gotcha. right so, nice so how long were you in Washington like for the classes or just overall well, you started in Washington <laughs> yeah. you said you came over here how, how long were you in Washington when you were starting in the trade uh, I started uh, 2016 after I got out of the military and I wanted to just do anything electrical so I went to Bates up there and did high uh, voltage and did that for a year and three months. All right, I I can already see some some people making some faces because Mr. Brooks here is previous military. Yeah, what did you do in the military? 
I was a wire dog, so just a phone troop. For, for the Army? Oh, no, Air Force. Oh, an Air Force? Yes. No, wire dog? Yes. They, they have, like, wire dog and cable dog. So for us, it was, like, anything in the phone, uh, like, 110 blocks and oh. 66 blocks oh, okay. and all that. So I did that, and the wire dogs did the actual, like, underground polling, but I would assist them nice. once in a while. Nice. So it'd be the difference between like a high side electrician and a low voltage. I mean, similar to that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just gotcha. mostly for uh, communication. That's oh, okay, I got you. As a commentary. And then you said you came out and you started doing what he did, which mm -hmm. was high voltage. So how long were you doing the high voltage for? I did it for a year and three months. So it was the first year we did resi stuff, and then the second year was going to be. Uh, commercial slash uh, industrial so like it uh, taught us how to do like EP and showed us tools and how to calculate stuff I enjoyed it because you could uh, they took you out to Habitat for Humanity and actually you know pulled the oh, wire wow. there and cool. actually mm -hmm. get to do the rough in do the uh so you're not just working in buildings you're going out into the wild and actually doing uh yes, electrical work because they have their own permit up there so you'd be huh. you would have to do the mock house inside the uh college so you would dig a trench put the uh conduit under uh, put it in put in the outside it, the terms escape me but <laughs> Like the the meter base, yeah, the yeah. meter base, yeah. and then the circuit breaker, and then you actually get the circuit breakers, put them in, run over, and you gotta put in like a circuit for uh, what is it? A washer and dryer, a mm -hmm. fridge. Uh, they test you because they don't tell you what you need. You just gotta read in the uh, mm. NEC, see what's required in a house. So it's like. Most people put too many uh, receptacles in a room because they read it and they think, oh, every six feet you need to put a receptacle, but a receptacle goes six feet here, goes six feet here, so you do like every 12 instead. Gotcha. Yeah, Why can't so. I just have more power? I mean, you can, <laughs> but it costs more power. <laughs> it just costs more. Oh, okay. So. Why the decision to, because it sounds fascinating. I enjoyed uh, it. Why make the change from the high voltage side and go down to the low voltage side? I had a disagreement with the second term, uh, well, like the, what is it? The program or? Well, the instructor. Oh, uh, okay. Him and I just didn't see it, I and I. And Did you punch him? No. Oh. Did he deserve it? He probably <laughs> would, but he, he's a good guy. He just remember, I'm not advocating for violence here. We don't advocate violence. <laughs> we don't endorse <laughs> violence. But some people today. Do. <laughs> yes, today. So uh, you just didn't get along with him. Huh? Yeah, well, it was more like no matter what I did, it was not good enough, and yeah. like not to toot my own horn and all that. But a lot of the other instructors and the students were like, "You were the." top of the class and like everyone else at lunch would go 
home and mm-hmm. I would stay back and keep working on our mock home because we were supposed to you know finish it at yeah. a certain time and then he would come in and he's like why isn't it done and all this and but he would know that everyone would just leave after lunch and not help me so I'm just one man trying to build up a mock ha- uh, house so wow. after that he's like you're too slow you this xyz so I lost confidence in my uh, yeah. ability so I just like I can't do this and I left and when I was leaving that's when he's like, oh, no, I was trying to push you because, you know, some people, they they try to motivate you by, like, saying you're not good enough, so they're trying to build you up. Mm-hmm. I'm not that type. You tell me you're not good at it. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're probably right. So I just <laughs> walked away. Go to Oregon, dude. There's the carrot and the stick method, and the stick was not working for you. No. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I get that. Because, I mean, working in the trades, we got to work with high volt, low volt. We got to work with plumbers. We got to work with carpenters. We got to work with sheet rockers. We got to work with HVAC. Fire people. Yeah. There's, <laughs> of there's, uh, there's so, always going to be some ego. So I'm right? low voltage. I'm not, I'm not on the high side. So, oh, okay. I yeah. totally misunderstood. So yeah, I'm a half watt, half watt through and True through. True half watt. Okay. <laughs> but a fireman before that. Oh, that's right. A fireman. Like, like legit. Like, no, like you're breaking like right here. Like here in Canby. Yeah. Like, you're breaking doors down, saving babies left <laughs> and right. Try it. Try it. Driving the, everything. So yeah. what what are you going to do? Are you going to go back and go to the high side or eventually? Or? I uh, signed up for the union, so I'm going to go try that side oh, for a bit. Well, that's nice. what he's in is a union. He's well, an IBW. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So, yeah. That's so you're going to go join the union to be a high voltage guy? No, no, no. Still, uh, I think they call it... Sound and yeah, community. sound and com L E A. Yeah, and that's what. Yeah, so that's exactly. What, so you should talk because that's exactly what he is. Yeah, right. sign the yeah. books. It's, yeah. See, this is why I like Trace Shaggy. We're bringing people together. We're, we're making stacking. connections. <laughs> so, we're getting so people work. Adam and I are, <laughs> we represent the non-union side. <laughs> no, that, we won't hold that against you. I you mean, know, the uh, non-union no. side. I mean, that's 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 a really important point to bring up it because is. there are some people that are very adamant one way or the other. Yeah, and. Everybody has their personal reasons for that, whether it's uh, you know financial or the way they were raised or how um, one or the other has particularly treated them in the industry. Sure, sure. But it's nice that we can sit here and be, you know, non-union side on one side, union on the other, and like Michael, uh, Mr. Barnes is about to experience, you can go between the two, and it's mm-hmm. perfectly okay. We don't we don't hold well. I'd like to say we don't hold grudges, but there's always going to be some people out in the industry that do. And there's, and there's always, and, and, and I'm not an IBEW guy, but I am an AFSME union member. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I belong to the union that represents the worker bees for the state for OHSU. Well, at the end of the day, though, we're all just trying to go in and do our job and uh, go home much. safe, you know, and, and work well <laughs> with the others. So, I mean, the, the particular reasons why you are or why you aren't are pretty much unimportant at the end of the day. So. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. how long is your apprenticeship? Isn't it? I think it's longer than... The apprenticeship for me was three years. Okay, um, so it's a sign. Three years of school and then three years to pay back. You okay. know, you'd had to stay in the, you know, had to stay in the union for a total of six okay. years, something like that. But... Yeah. Yeah, I can see that protect. It'd be a way to protect the investment, you know. Exactly. Like, exactly. Let's just say you raise somebody in a company and they get a license, and then they decide they're just going to go out. Well, <laughs> I that is. There's that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. Everybody's well, got to do that. My last company too. If you if you were sent to to uh, EST school, became an EST three tech, then they expected you to stay at least a year. Sure, sure. And which makes sense. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're investing in your. Yeah. In, yeah. I agree with that. 
Yeah, so. it, that's yeah. a very big investment. That's a couple grand at least. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah oh, easily, easily. Yeah, and if then of you, course, and if you can program ESD, you are a programmer. You are a true, honest to God programmer because mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. a difficult system to mm -hmm. program. Yeah, I think we've talked about it on previous uh, mm -hmm. previous podcasts, and just you know, right here again in trade stacking, there's there's all kind of systems that we we touch, whether or not it's um, you know a simple little one button access for a receptionist that doesn't take that much programming uh you could do that in a couple hours and be 100 percent done with the job and then you've got 20 story high rises that you got to sit down for like a week and plan you can't just cut out. and paste cut and paste cut and paste <laughs> if you do it right yes you, you can, can do it right <laughs> however you, yeah you still have to cross the right t's dot the right i's it seems like esd is that or ES? est est yeah. i think that's what i put in at uh at uh, roosevelt high school that would make sense. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a really good system. It it has a. It seemed like it had some interesting nuances, though. It, yes. Like mapping. Mapping. Yeah. Uh, I believe. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mapping mm -hmm. is proprietary to the EST. That's. It is. Yeah. It is. It's because they they don't have addresses. You don't buy it and address it like Siemens. You'd you'd program it. Mm -hmm. Or Silent Night, you could program it or do mm -hmm. switches depends mm -hmm. on which mm -hmm. one you got or, or rotaries. But with EST, it comes out of the factory with a preset address. And so they once you put them all in. Because we had all the stickers with the barcodes. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Those are the addresses. And, on the, and, on the, and it on maps itself. Built. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it'll map where all the devices are at, and it draws a map in its head of where everything's at. So now if I've got five devices here, and I take out the, the, the third one mm -hmm. and swap its address, if it's one, two, three, four, five, six, and I put in six, five, four, three, two, one, then the system goes, oh, okay, I know what I'm doing now. Okay. If uh, the programmer turned mapping on. Yes. Because if but, they didn't, then they screwed but up. If you, they're, if get, you, they're getting in the weeds now. <laughs> but if you program it weird, or you're weird, it just, yeah. We're installers. They're, they're programmers. Then you want to take exactly. a back to it. <laughs> well, I, just, again, we're talking about trade stack and working together, right? Because if the pro, some companies, let's uh, take mine, for example. Um, I run the gamut of everything. I do um, installs all the way up to specialized programming, and sometimes I'll take care of it as well. But sometimes I have to work with other teams uh, in in my uh, office, or I get subcontracted to be like parts and smarts. So let's say a company like Capital Electric, for example, they will go and take care of all of the actual wiring and installation out in the field, but then I get contracted to come out and do the programming and testing. That's what sounds familiar. Yep. That's so. exactly what we do. Um, you know, you carry the, the, the permit for testing and, mm -hmm. and commissioning, and I'll do the electrical permit for the wiring side of it, and that's, yep. that works well. So we have to work together, uh, and if I can't necessarily trust the installers to do the job right, and I go and I start programming and suddenly things go really haywire, well, then i got to stop and i got to work with the installers. Okay, what went What were wrong? you thinking here? <laughs> <laughs> Great example. Uh, did a six-story high-rise um, apartment complex. Not a high-rise, excuse me. And um, I was parts and smarts, and I was working with the electrical contractor for a couple months because, you know, big building. Um, so I constantly do the meetings. All right, this is how this has to go. This has this. So we got to do this change, whatever the case is. We got 100%, and then we had um, a team of six go and do the testing. And then we find out, oh, there's an entire wing that just isn't working for some reason. So, you know, go back to the original installer. All right, what do you guys think? 
He's like, well, you know, my apprentice did it. I was like, all right, I got an idea. <laughs> and he's no longer with us. So No, no, he, he was. Oh. And he's like, I thought I did everything right. I'm like, I, I think I know exactly what happened. Did those things take wire? Oh, hold on. No, all I did was he accidentally um, reversed the wires on one device, what took happens? out everything else yeah. on the other side. So, you know, I'm not going to yell at the guy or blame him. I'm just going to say, hey, this is a good learning experience. Good thing we're in the testing process. This is how we learn. So that was the pre-testing though, right? Yes. Getting ready for the, the test test. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then we, unfortunately, again, we work with a lot of trades. Uh, another trade that came in after we were done with the pre-testing were the insulators. So we brought in the marshals who also brought in a team because they wanted to expose as much of uh, the fire department to this particular building. Uh, and then we went around looking and I go into the garage and I can't find my device because the insulators oh. just oh. <laughs> insulated right over it. Oh. With the spray? The spray type? No, luckily. Oh. That would be <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I think I hear it. <laughs> well, I guess depending on how you look at it, this might be worse. It was the physical installation of the insulation where they actually have to get up the on batting. the ladders. Yeah, and then staple it With the wire batting and staple it oh, in. Yeah. Wow, you're wow. like, well, how did you not notice the device was there? And of course, I'm sitting there with the fire marshal. Isn't there a device there? Yes, I tested it myself. <laughs> Let me go talk to the other trade who, oops, made a mistake. We now need to work with them right, to, right. and again, I don't want to mess up another trade's work as much as I can. I'll be like, okay, this is roughly where it is. I don't want to start ripping out your insulation. Let's again work together as a team so I can get my device re-exposed and I don't destroy all the work that you did that accidentally almost ruined my work. I had a team of painters come through and, and caulk all the pull stations in a place. Oh. It looked good. So it looked so good. It looked so good. I was like, dude, that's baller. As I'm cutting this shot to test all the pull stations. I'm like, you can't do that. And uh, again, Previous uh, trade sagging episodes, I talked about the importance of learning other trades, and this is a perfect example of it because you can you can work with somebody, let's say like a uh, you know a finished contractor who's mm -hmm. making everything really nice, like the studio for example. So they want to do a nice wood paneling, but your pole station went to the sheetrock. All right, you got to take yours off, you got to bore a hole through the nice finished wood, mm -hmm. then you got to mount your stuff on top of that. But again, you know what their intention is, you know how to prep for that. Or you're working with um, uh, like a HVAC company mm -hmm. and they have their equipment and you have your equipment. And of course, there's a lot of, well, once you bring, I'm gonna bring my wires to you and not touch your equipment. Well, it's not technically my equipment because you're, you're <laughs> monitoring it. So it's now it's your equipment. Like, well, right. why don't we work together as a team and yeah. figure this out? Or again, learn what they do. So if you have a guy who doesn't want to go the extra step to help you out and work together, you can take care of it yourself if it comes down to it. That's we fair. have kind of similar situation like that with like, uh, you know, we were talking about smoke detectors earlier. Mm -hmm. And if who's going to install them, the HVAC guy or the, the parts and smarts guy or the... Especially the, duct detectors because right, that's right. a big one. Yeah. And then so we, you know... And you negotiate that with whatever the trade is, and then okay, I'll you install it, and I'll bring you you know a set of closed contacts, or you know, or wire it up where you want, and then I'll I'll you know I'll do the legwork in between. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's uh, there's that negotiation, and you're talking about, and well, especially as you pointed out, duct detectors are a big one because you've got 
you potentially have three trades involved because you got the HVAC company mm -hmm. and the HVAC tech may or may not have uh, like a high voltage license mm -hmm. and they have a bunch of high voltage going to it if mm -hmm. they wired it that mm -hmm. way because mm -hmm. the older ones generally speaking worked off of 120 mm -hmm. yeah, the newer yeah. ones are now working up to off 240 of yeah. Yeah. oh yeah the bigger ones yeah. so it's like all right well something as simple as the duct detector well you generally need a fire tech an hvac tech you need a high voltage tech potentially depending on the building you also need um, like a maintenance manager because you're yeah. potentially shutting down something sure, that's really yeah, important yeah. Yeah. Like, even uh, a sheet metal worker sometimes depends on where it's got to go right? and if, if you go the duct from, is 12 foot wide you know you may need help <laughs> you go from uh, one <clears throat> type of duct detector to a new duct detector and you're like yeah. well now we have to rewire everything mm -hmm. and then of course people are thinking well it's a duct detector yeah let's it's just let's yeah. just plug and play it's yeah. easy yeah. Why can't we? Why can't we just you know have our maintenance guy do it? Why can't we be friends? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, of course you get into well, how deep into it are you gonna go, right? Because I've replaced duct detectors myself, and they go, well, did you replace the tube? Yes, because I know how to do that. Mm -hmm. and I'm done before. Did you aim the holes the right direction. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Hey, airflow gets in there. Okay. <laughs> If the air has to go around the pipe first, that's no big deal, right? Did you know that you're supposed to you're supposed to take a manometer with you when you do those to test airflow when you install and even when well, you inspect them? Most of the ones I've installed them. though, they're not even operational yet. I mean, especially yeah. the newer stuff. I mean but Yeah. I just thought um, it was interesting that the code you know, asks you or tells you you should monitor how much air is moving through it. It's like uh, yeah, so we're we're, we're going to talk about code here for a second because everyone that. loves yeah. to talk about code. <laughs> so, a, the specific NFPA seventy two code for like a lot of smoke um, and especially duct detectors will require smoke entering the chamber. Mm -hmm. Now, how you do that is a matter of uh, let's say opinion because generally it's going to be easier for you to pop the cover off shoot smoke in it but a lot of smoke uh, or a lot of ducks now actually have a inlet test port so mm -hmm. you can put mm -hmm. your uh, mm -hmm. smoke right to it you don't have to actually take anything off I once had a mechanical inspector ask me to smoke the HVAC <laughs> put <laughs> so, it in the slipstream of I'm, I'm sorry what did you yeah. ask me <laughs> he's like I want you to take this and I want you to just smoke that vent up there. Like, what, what the hell is that going to accomplish? <laughs> He's like, shouldn't your thing catch that? Like, it's not a Vezda system. Right, right, It's not right. designed for that. Well, he's like, okay, well, how much smoke do you think you're going to need to do that? A case? I mean, we're talking about something that's got like 8,000 uh, yeah. cubic feet a minute. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. That, yeah. that's just not going to happen. Well, I've also seen where the where the newer, some of the newer designs, when you take the cover off, that kills the power tone. Mm -hmm. Oh, because so the safety now, switch. Now, yeah, the safety switch is in there. Right. It's got like a reed right. switch. So you pull the cover, and now it's dead. So you're supposed to, what, you smoke to jam the cover on? It's That's like, exactly what you're supposed to do. So, okay, <laughs> this is all about timing. Here we go. <laughs> no, the, the worst part is I got caught uh, in front of a fire marshal because they, they redesigned that detector, uh, but they didn't tell me about the safety switch. <laughs> yeah. I know so, exactly so you'd smoke one. it, take the cap off, smoke it, and then put it back on, and it still wouldn't... It no, wouldn't. because the other ones didn't require the casing. Oh, gotcha. So, uh, and to be fair, this was a few years ago when sure. they came out with that change. This is the system sensor one. The, yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting there smoking, and I'm like, it's just not going off. And I just tested <laughs> this like a week ago. 
And then, of course, he, he leaves and is all pissed off, and rightly so, because I screwed up. Mm. And then uh, I'm putting it back together, and I hear the click, and I see the light go on, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> so you can just see Honeywell <laughs> I would just scream that yeah I, I, I just don't know why they would make you smoke I mean because it you know they do the smoke on all the smoke detectors everywhere else I mean I don't get it's it just either. it's just the magnet thing that, I mean this is just as good as it, it's the code because well. you can have a magnetic test uh, test port work but the smoke chamber does not right now, of course, uh, NFPA 72 code will also say that an acceptable test is the manufacturer's suggested test, mm-hmm. which would be the If they uh, list that. The magnet. Is, yeah. yeah. Right well, have you ever been to a jurisdiction where they require you use a Hochiki punk stick? Um, no. Uh, I, <laughs> he knows it already. We, I had to buy one of these because the original one broke on us. And it, if you've not seen one of these... This is a Japanese-made Hochiki, the company, super long smoke pole. And you actually light a punk or you light a thing and you put it in there with a little motor. If you get the DC batteries, if you get the D-cell batteries in backwards, it sucks. The smoke. <laughs> I had a technician going, the smoke won't come out of the end of the pole. I said, you got the batteries in wrong. Have you seen... Because <laughs> the goddamn fan runs backwards anyway. Have you seen the original uh, smoke poles? They're basically uh, incense cups. <laughs> no, I've not seen them. I've only seen this. But the smoke that this thing produces, it, first off, it smells like ass. Copious amounts. It, it, literally, it literally leaves a residue. Mm. Nah. And so when you look in the thing, like you'll see the residue that it leaves. It's, pretty, it's a pretty cool. It was not cheap. Mm. It was not cheap. But. Yeah, we've come a long way from candles and incense. Yeah. <laughs> cigarettes and cigars well even the canned stuff is not that doesn't work that well i mean i like that little cup thing that you guys have Mm -hmm. you know but you need that uh, i remember a elevator shaft that they placed the smoke detector right at the ventilation and they asked me to smoke it i'm like i don't have a cup they're like well can't you just smoke it no no there's way too much airflow Mm -hmm. it'll never Mm -hmm. go off Mm -hmm. they're like well you think it's gonna work in the event of a fire no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you chose poorly. I'm like, well, didn't you guys design this? I didn't have anything to do with this. I'm just here accepting and doing the commission test. <laughs> so, um, we're going to go back to uh, Mr. Burns here for a second. What is uh, on the horizon for you making the leap from one company to the next, going from union, or excuse me, from non-union to union? You're going to stick with low voltage. You're going to work on uh, specialized systems. What's the goal here? Uh, honestly, the goal is go union, that's it. Like, whatever they throw at me, like, you're just going to do nurse calls or whatever. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Access control, uh, security, fire. That's a good attitude because there's a lot of people who don't want to touch specific things, and you being willing to go headfirst into anything that they need is going to take you a lot farther than the others who just refuse to do half of their work. Yeah, I just want to honestly be well-rounded. Like, I want to do access control for a bit and then do security. And uh, I've been doing fire, so I have some knowledge of that. But I just want to bounce around a bit. That way, I can see which one I really like, and then so I, that's what I want to specialize in and go for it. I don't want to be kind of pigeonholed into one. Mm-hmm. 
And that's, uh, I think that's a good, good thing for anybody who enters in the trades. It's like you don't have to pigeonhole yourself into one thing. You know, um, whether or not you're low voltage, you want to work on specific systems, or you want to be a carpenter and build large houses, go into commercial, um, do finish work, uh, furniture work. I mean, period. That's yeah. that's that's mm-hmm. a huge or, or metal. I mean, mm-hmm. or uh, you want to be a welder, you could be welding the steel uh, off of main buildings. You could be doing um, uh, like the HVAC equipment. Um, there's there are so well, you could be an underwater welder. You know, I always thought that'd be pretty interesting. Well, yeah. steam fitter, pipe fitters, I mean, yeah. like J.H. Mm-hmm. Kelly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or, and sprinkler fitting. Yeah. Yep. And um, as many, many people will say, too, you could spend five years doing something in a trade and decide, you know what, I'd like to, to do something else. Because, mm-hmm. you know, since I work with a lot of different trades and I'm out in the field a lot, um, there's a lot of let's say non-technical trade guys who um, will do more, let's say manual labor, um, sheet rockers, for example. That's a lot of manual labor. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. You're, you're throwing up eight by fours if you're not cutting them. You're doing that f- just over and over and over yeah, again. It's paid by the piece, too. I mean, oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And then not to mention, uh, you know, you got to come back, you got to tape, you got to mud, you got to do all these things. So there's just a lot of, sometimes one could, I would say, unpleasant, especially you get to the sanding. <laughs> you're putting on a bunch of masks, protecting yourself, of course, which every trade should do. Safety goggles, PPE is important. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, I get a lot of conversations with them. They say, well, you know, maybe I want to do something else. Like, you can. You can yeah. do whatever you want. You just, you need to make the decision, number one that you want to do something different and then just go start talking to other trade on the job site. Doesn't matter what job site you're on, I can guarantee at minimum there's going to be half a dozen to a dozen different trades on the site at one point <clears throat> and you'll have opportunities to chat with anybody and I find at least out in the field with me that everybody is Possibly to the detriment of their companies, always willing to take a break and change. <laughs> it's like let's just take a quick five, let's uh, let's reassess, and let's just you know chat this guy up and see what he wants to wants to talk about, wants to learn the trade. Um, I remember going to a movie theater, and I was just walking through, and I was I overheard a conversation of a mother talking to her her young son about the difference between her husband that went through, you know, the typical four-year college education, got the degree, paid a lot of debt versus a trade. And I just chimed in real quick and said, hey, you know, not to be rude and interrupt here, but I couldn't help it overhearing, and I've done both. So mm-hmm. let me, you know, share your thoughts, and they appreciate it. Well, you have a bachelor's? I do. In what? Uh, 3D art and animation. Nice. So... I call it my most expensive hobby. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Well, you know, if you've been in my class, I usually have everybody in the class talk about what they did before they got into the trade. Mm -hmm. Every one of them. I've had pilots. I had had two physicists, two people had degrees in physics. Yeah. Um, I've had, yeah, the pilot was one that blew me away. He just went through my class a couple of terms ago. And he flew Embry- those Embry uh, air, it's like a Brazilian-made 
mm-hmm. aircraft or mm-hmm. something like that. And we flew all over the globe. I was like, mm-hmm. why'd you get out of that? He goes, I'm tired of it. Right, right. I want to do something different. Right. Just like just like your environment. Yeah, You're like, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going right. to do something different. You know, I'm getting too old and I want to change. And the benefit mm-hmm. with uh, changing, let's say, from an airplane pilot over mm-hmm. here, well, generally speaking, almost every trade pays for the education and you will get paid out of the gate. Now, depending on, of course, where you come from, that pay might be quite different, <laughs> but yeah, at least... Cost of living, you know, yeah. east east side of the state versus being in the metro area, for sure. I mean, you'll oh, see yeah, that absolutely. just in that. Yeah. And then state by state. But, but you don't have to worry about, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, not work for three years and go back to school. Right. It's like, well, you're going to work and you're going to get paid money to work and depending on the company, possibly pay for your education as well. So... When you're talking about it from like an economic perspective, you know, depending on where you're coming from, okay, maybe there's a small mm-hmm. decrease or change, but if that's temporary, because it will increase as you get more skilled in the trade and you get your certifications and or licenses, that's, we're not talking about, you know, 50 to a hundred grand for mm-hmm. another three, four year yeah, bachelor's right, right. or yeah. something. Yeah. So the investment is more of time and effort than it is economics. That's a good mm. way to put it. So it's something I always suggest. It's like, it's it's not nearly as well, bad as you think. And you were in the Air Force, so mm-hmm. your original training, your original technical training, was provided while you're in the corps, while you're in the Air Force. So That's correct. you know you got your your base training there, figured mm-hmm. out what you'd like it. You know, did you ever think about doing something different in the Air Force? Did you ever look at it and go, oh, I should have been a, you know, something different. I should have been a. Only when I got, only when I got out. Because then I started doing, you know, electrical, and I'm like, I should have just stayed in to be an electrician in the military. Mm. But that's the only time. Yeah. How long were you in? Uh, eight years. Wow. Wow. What'd you leave as? Like E5 or? E- yes, a staff sergeant. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time in the, in the Air Force. Yeah, I, I dragged my feet staying as E4 because it's like, NCO, got to do meetings, got to have <laughs> troops, all that. I was like, no, I'm going to stay on I, the best. I left, I left as an E6, and I'm telling you, the, 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 best, the best rank in the Navy was E5. The best rank. Like, you're in between all the crap. So <laughs> it was un- unbelievable. Since I went E6, it was like, oh, God. Oh, God. So do you know who you're going to work for yet? or No, I only ex- uh, signed the books next week. the books, yeah. and uh, I'm taking two weeks off for vacation Right and on. I didn't want to like, hey, sign me on. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna go take gotcha, vacation. Gotcha. So. Well, so Chip works for EC. So if you yeah, EC get the a, opportunity, EC is a good company. Yeah, EC is a good co. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. I work with a boatload of Dyna people. A boatload. I haven't looked at any of the dispatching right now, so I don't even know. And there's nothing there yet. But the person I was talking to in the union said in the first of the year there's going to be yeah fire. this this is always kind of i mean yeah it's slow for now. union and probably for non-union yeah, for the it's live christmas, it's christmas everybody take some time off first of the year all kind of stuff will break free yeah. oh yes. that's, that's how it's going to work because every every company wants to take the time off so it's like hey i'd like to schedule some work no we're gonna we're gonna take the extra time off okay no problem when would you like your stuff done uh, first week of January. First week of January. <laughs> yeah. It's always, it's always nice. Well, and the union's got a whole different way. Like when you, you're, you know, there's no vacation, so mm-hmm. you pack. You know, right? Am I yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, you have yeah. to have yes. enough responsibility to stack all that cheddar up so that you can take your your vacation time. Yes. You know, well, or, several years ago, they they 
they created a, a, a forced savings account, if you will, but oh, they good. compensated, you know, for that, and that's your vacation bank. So you then you're our, so as you're working, you're banking vacation. So it's like, it's just like. It's just cash that's going into this separate oh, nice. account that's called a vacation account. I like that. That's and good. you can either keep it there or, or take it as as it comes. So. Yeah. Because I, I talked to um, Mike, the guy, no, Matt, the one I was talking to, and he said, yeah, there's people who will save up and then like, yeah, I'm going to take something out and pay for something because you, mm-hmm. you have access mm-hmm. to it anytime. Yeah. I'm gonna buy a new car. <laughs> <laughs> With all I guess if you haven't touched it in a money. while, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of military guys do. Yeah. All their stuff is paid for, it, and they're like, "Well, I got all this cash. What do we do? Let's go buy a Range Rover." It was. Yeah. I tell you what was what was nice about the military was that the from the minute you went in, you had thirty days. You're only working eleven months out of the year, mm-hmm. uh, flat out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh well, I'm only working eleven months this year. And if you ask for time off, you generally got it. Yes. Unless you're on a ship, in which case you're like, "Yeah, can I take tomorrow off?" No, mm. because mm-hmm. we're all here, jerk. Yeah, right, I would say the military is probably the easiest uh, time I had in my life. Wasn't it was, it? it was show up at seven thirty and leave at uh, for us two thirty because they just wanted to go work out. So you got paid to go work out. Nice. And I didn't have to work the weekends. The only time I ever had to work. So anytime anyone wants to join, I'm like, do you Air Force and do either medical or communications anything else then you're working crazy hours but <laughs> so did you ever so you never really got deployed or anything oh i deployed twice where did you go uh afghan uh kandahar and then al jabir kuwait oh nice so you did get you so you get to see overseas a little bit yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. not bad first one was rockets and people you know saying get down and all that good stuff <laughs> the next the next one was just sweep dust off of sidewalk mm. <laughs> The first one was rockets. Get down! You should get a T-shirt that says that. I went to Afghanistan, and the told me to do was duck. No, I get it. All right. Well, as somebody who has just uh, how long has it been since you carted out and you got your license in the trade? I'd say three, two or three weeks. Nice. Okay. So he's really, really fresh. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. having just completed it. Um, you know, literally in a matter of weeks and getting your license and just completed the apprenticeship and the whole nine yards, what would be the thing that you would tell anybody who's potentially interested in going into it or who's in it and maybe they're at a slog right now or something, a low point maybe, what would you, what would your biggest piece of advice be for them? Honestly, uh, what got me through was, well, my joke is ADT, uh, Adam, Tyler, and Doug. Because <laughs> <laughs> anytime I had a low point, I would always talk to them, and they would always find a way to boost my confidence. You've got a future as a comedian. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. It wasn't another dumb technician. It wasn't another it was, dumb technician or always done twice. It just worked out perfectly. <laughs> That's funny. So you're saying that um, you know, going from the previous experience you had in Washington with a guy who was, let's say, giving you the carrot or the tough love mm-hmm. versus, I, I can't put this another way, the more tender love <laughs> Well, know. it's just <laughs> knowing that you have people uh, that have your back and willing to help you with anything really helps. So like, if you're having a 
issues with your current company, I would suggest try to find some, like, first talk to people, but if you can't, go to another company and try to see if you could, uh, I guess, mingle with them and uh, maybe it's just the coworker, the settings, because the trade is good. I, I enjoy it every day. It's just, you know. Sometimes you have the personality that yes. tries you might, you know, somebody might just rub you the wrong way. But it's it's good to hear that um, we treated you okay <laughs> through <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons you stuck with it. Um, hopefully we all have A is for training. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're turning all red. <laughs> I may or may not have had something to do with it. But not all. No. If you go to EC, it'll be C for Chip. This is working out well for you. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Is there a so Ethan ha- or an Edward over there? Uh, <laughs> Eddie, Apple. Apple. <laughs> Apple and Chip. So how is the longevity at ADT? I mean, have you been there quite a while, Adam? Uh, technically, yes. Okay. Uh, because we... Well, they were absorbed. He yes. was with another company. Gotcha, that, that, gotcha. Um, so now that... Uh, now that They got you out of uh, attrition from the... Was it yeah. was it Action to begin with? Or? No, Action Technologies is still its own independent company. So what was your... Tell us your which company you were working for, how it all went. I uh, started with Allied. Allied. Went to Protec. Protec was acquired by ADT at the okay. same time. ADT acquired ASG. They merged us together under the ADT banner. So they sort of just acquired us. And now ADT has been purchased and is now a private company, Everon. Okay. Uh, so technically I work for Everon now, not mm-hmm. ADT. Everyone works for Everon. Everyone? Everon. Everon. It was Protect is what I was trying to remember. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a uh, and it's a it's a changing community because mm-hmm. as you know, if you're not if you're not in the industry at least our industry right now, you know, Carrier owns EST, which has a pretty big umbrella. JCI owns Simplex and Tyco mm-hmm. and you know Metasys and and mm-hmm. all these different so there and and there have their big umbrella of mm-hmm. stuff going on. And if you don't know, they're owned by Honeywell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, who makes everything else? Sure, hey, sure, we make sure. heads-up displays, torpedoes, and fire alarm right, systems. Right, right. So drones, yeah, yeah. drones. <laughs> I, it's possible I haven't gone that far into their catalog. <laughs> <And> HVAC. <laughs> what else do you guys make? <laughs> A lot. Well, uh, Mr. Burns, would you like to leave us with a tech tip of the day? Uh, How about your, if you don't have a tech tip, you could also say like the biggest pet peeve you can that you have to deal with. My biggest pet peeve is uh, drop ceiling. Just trying to put that <laughs> thing back on and not oh. destroy it. This no worse. The guy who invented the T-bar ceiling is in hell. <laughs> and I'm super happy for them. I don't want them out because these things are hell. I will yes. 100% support that position there. It's just awful. To deal with. <laughs> They're awful, man. And we're going to find out that this stuff is cancerous because I, I can guarantee it. It's just like that yellow yeah, insulation yeah, yeah, or yeah. rock wool. You ever dealt with rock wool? Yeah. Oh, my God. You, have you dealt with rock wool yet? I don't think I have. It's this green, high-density insulation that they'll put above ceiling tiles in an area where they want to keep 
people out. Down. Yeah, people. <laughs> people. It's, vermin. It goes Whatever. into your. It gets into your back of your neck and does things with your skin. It's indescribable. It's good stuff, but it's just. It's just like everything else. It's just got this. <laughs> who invented this? Why is it here? Special place in hell. <sighs> Yes. Insulation is insulation is my especially insulation. especially old insulation. Yeah, yes, yeah, for sure. Not the blown in stuff because that I can deal with that. Mm -hmm. But it's that old like you go up in an attic and it's you know there's wires running underneath it. You know what you can't tell oh, what yeah. the hell's going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, scary. Well, on that awful note we're going to call it all the insulation people are going I'm never going on trace tag you just got to talk smack about our insulation I hate that Mike Brick that's what we do <laughs> thank you for joining us everybody uh, make sure to check out the website email us at halfwellpod at gmail.com sure. uh, we'd love to again any trade doesn't matter what you are you could be a sheet rocker you could be the dirty insulation guys and we'd still want to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, we'll make an exception for insulation guys well thanks for joining us Everybody have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Half Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share us with a friend, the best way to help us grow. The Half Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.